the Post Purchase Pro Podcast. This is the only podcast that dives deep into post-purchase marketing to help Amazon sellers increase sales, ranking, reviews, and profits. It's everything that happens after the initial sale that makes a difference. We call this the back end. Sean, I love it. We're getting high tech with our technology these days, but we do have an even higher tech guest today, don't we, Sean? We definitely do. Uh, You want to introduce Mr. Chad? Chad, um, you probably don't really need any introductions. You've been around the game for a long time, but I'm going to talk a little bit about your history as I understand it, then we'll let you tell your own story. So Chad, you've done a lot of things. You've built Scubana. You built the Prosper Show, which is amazing. And now you're building this um, next phase of your career at Prophecy, um, helping e-commerce and Amazon sellers, uh, just like what we like to do. So welcome to the show, Chad. Thanks for having me. Super grateful. Absolutely. So Chad, we're super excited to have you today. So at the very beginning of the show, we like to start at the very beginning. So take us back to Chad Rubin, uh, the inexperienced entrepreneur, and walk us through to today, would you? Ooh, that's, a, that's a doozy of a, of a question, but I'll try my best. Uh, so <clears throat> my parents owned a vacuum store growing up. Uh, they were always struggling. We were always like kind of pinching pennies uh, between the sofa cushions. And uh, I was a first-generation college grad. And so what do you do when you go to college? You're like, okay, I want to figure out the opportunity that's to make me the most money. So I went to work on Wall Street, and I graduated college early because I paid my way through school. UMass Amherst, woo, uh, 2006 graduated, so I'm dating myself quite a bit. And I started uh, working on Wall Street, and my parents were struggling. Amazon, I was covering Amazon stocks and sharing with hedge funds, institutional <clears throat> investors to short or go long on, on different stocks. And I was covering e- the universe of e-commerce. Uh, so I started helping my parents sell on Amazon. The marketplace had just launched, started helping them resell. I was finally fired from my job, February, Friday the 13th, 2009. <laughs> the whole world opened up for me. Uh, I started helping my parents resell and then figured out that reselling wasn't going to be the future. And I did that very early, right? Now like private label is the standard, but, but by then, it, back then it wasn't the gold standard. It wasn't even an opportunity or an option. So I was a very early private label seller, selling vacuum filters, coffee filters, cannabis filters, air filters, you name it. Uh, we then, uh, I partnered with James Thompson, who's really the mastermind behind the Prosper Show. He was my Amazon account manager, believe it or not, when people had account managers at Amazon uh, that were in America. And uh, I told him I was going to create this inventory software called Stubana. And he's like, hey, I've got stock options. I'm in. And then he's like, I want to create a community. Uh, Are you in? And we partnered together. Uh, He invested in me. I invested in him and our ideas. And we had beautiful outcomes with both of those entities. And then um, I sold Stubana in 2020. One of April, took some time off, uh, took a reset to myself and to, for my family, and started observing patterns and started Prophecy, uh, which is a dynamic programmatic repricer for Amazon brands. That's where, where we're starting. That's not where we're ending, but that's really what we've been working on for the past year. So obviously, you've taken the uh, the normal approach into Amazon stardom. So um, Seth and I have fans of uh, your ex. Brown child, which is Prosper, of course. Great job there. And I understand that you're no longer involved with that business either, right? Correct. Uh, okay. All the businesses just now, it's just prophecy. That's really where I'm focusing my energy and attention. So let's let's talk for a moment. Uh, let's go back to when you started prophecy and in its infancy. 
why? Why did you take the approach of creating this uh, prophecy? Yeah, um, I would say the biggest reason why I started was that I, after I sold Scubana, outside of like going to the playground with my son every day, I started thinking about problems uh, in the world, but also problems I'm experiencing uh, firsthand. And my e-commerce business is an old business, right? It was started in 2006 or seven. Think about that. We're in 2022. That's a long time for an Amazon brand to be around. And I was knocking my head against the world or the the, the door, trying to be like, okay, how am I going to improve this thing? I need, I want to make it not just exist, and I want it to thrive. And we tried everything. I tried advertising. Uh, my profit was declining. I tried cutting expenses. I'm trying to drive traffic. I'm trying to make my listings pretty. I'm doing all the stuff, all the playbook stuff that everybody is doing, and it wasn't working. So the one lever that I had this aha moment that nobody touches really, everyone's adjusting their bid spend on Amazon and trying to figure out what their ACOS or their tacos is going to be and optimizing for that. Nobody's actually touching pricing, which is the other part of the equation of ACOS, right? You're, you're, you're what you spend to what you make. And uh, that's where I started spending a lot of my time manually adjusting pricing. And this small lever swinged a massive door and it's just untapped, un, untapped opportunity. Wow. So Chad, you're definitely um, speaking our language. I remember we, Sean and I um, have built a lot of brands and we used to coach a lot of Amazon sellers ourselves early on. And I remember um, coaching this, this lady who was building a brand and she was showing me her product. And I was thinking, I know what she could probably get this thing for. And I, I see where she's priced at and I, there's no way she's making any money. And she wasn't, so she was, she had her pricing way off because she just didn't know. And so when you're thinking about like this pricing opportunity, like where in your mind do most sellers get this wrong? Well, it's something that's so small and it's it's not well understood, right? And so people are also, there's some fear around changing their prices. They don't know what the impact is going to be. So this is a very less obvious challenge. Uh, and so where are they getting it wrong? I mean, they're kind of just like letting their product be static, right? They're just leaving their product at the same price and pricing to me, if, if Amazon's a living, breathing entity, it's a marketplace, it's fast moving and you have competitors. Uh, well, if you have a fast moving marketplace, you need fast moving pricing. You need changing, you need prices to be dynamic, not static. And there's a shelf life to your price. And most people just kind of go like this. Here's my <laughs> price. I'm going to price to market or I'm going to price to my competitors or I'm just going to five X my, my, my cost of goods sold. And that's how I'm going to do it or they're spending all their time just doing keyword research and they're leaving a ton of money on the table. So if you think about people like Uber, Uber has something called surge pricing. Airbnb has something called smart pricing. Even Amazon changes their price two and a half million times a day. Yet Amazon brands don't change their price or very infrequently. Yeah. Sometimes once a month we notice in the data. So this is where they're going wrong. So we've definitely seen this play out many, many times in our business and then also in our um, clients' businesses, Chad. So there's this uh, saying, it's the price is what you pay and value is what you get. And together, it makes your offer. And when you don't adjust your price, you're not adjusting your offer. So you're not making an offer that's appropriate for the time, um, just like what you pointed out. So it's a dynamic marketplace, but um, sellers will find some success with the product and they start getting sales, but then all of a sudden they get too nervous to go up or down in pricing because they don't want to touch it. Just like what you said. We've seen totally. that so many times. Yeah. Go ahead. So I was going to just piggyback on what you said. It's, it's, it's essentially it's, it's a value leakage, right? They're leaving money on the table. 
And just because the price is right today doesn't mean it's the price is right tomorrow because there's implications when you change your price. <laughs> and so our the outcome that we programmed in our algorithm to achieve is to optimize profit without sacrificing your BSR. And that's where we spend our time. That makes a lot of sense. So, you know, when, when I'm, I, I travel quite a bit, I know you're trying to stay home with, with the family, but um, I'm still uh, on the circuit traveling around and it's like, it never fails. I'm, I'm sitting on a Delta flight. I paid $1,800 for the same seat. The guy next to me paid $900 for, and it's all about the pricing, you know, and, and hotel rooms are the same. Uh, rental cars are the same. Like you said, it all depends on not only supply and demand, but a lot of other moving components out there. And, and, for whatever reason, Chad, you've, you've kind of hit the nail on the head here. A lot of Amazon sellers are getting this wrong, unfortunately, and it doesn't have to be that way. So, um, you know, when it comes to buy box pricing, that's something completely different than, than what you're doing is pricing to optimize uh, profits and uh, click through as long as conversions, right? So if you don't mind, Chad, tell me just in, in your own words, what's a major blind spot uh, that you're seeing a lot of Amazon sellers uh, miss today? Well, there's there's a lot, and I think I think <clears throat> separate from so pricing to me is not about just finding the dots; it's about connecting the dots. And when I say what's a dot, right? A dot is there's a lot of signals on Amazon. There's a lot of data coming in. Everyone is overwhelmed with data, and the one thing that Amazon brands aren't doing is actually taking that data to make decisions with that data. And so making decisions with the data is far harder than actually just getting all the data. Like there's a lot of dashboards out there that are going to show you all this data, but it's all about what you do with it. You got to shade what your mama gave you. And so you have to <laughs> know how to, <laughs> you got to know how to separate the signal from the noise, right? And notice the signals before it's too late. And that to me is actually driven based on data science, right? And I think there's so much, so many variables on Amazon, right? That a human can actually, like me, I have, 550 ASINs on Amazon, a thousand listings. Think about all the data that I have to analyze to actually make my business work. It's too many data points that I can't take advantage of it, right? And so um, what data science really is, so just so we can clarify what data science specifically is, it's essentially data science, I'll, I'll actually explain how I explain it to my mother, right? <laughs> you go on Facebook, facebook.com, a fresh, clean account, and we're all connected on Facebook. But you've never told Facebook what you like, what you don't like, where you dwell on, and what you comment on. So Facebook actually has no data to make decisions around what they want to give you because their their outcome and their algorithm is to make you stay on the platform, right? To give you what you want to trigger dopamine so you stay on the platform. So it's the same thing on Amazon, right? Amazon has all this data, right? Nobody's leveraging it. And how can you use that data at your fingertips? It's there for the for the feasting, but nobody is using it. And so data science specifically is about creating algorithms to actually optimize for outcomes you want to achieve and letting the algorithms come up with their own if-then-else statements out of their own logic to help you achieve the outcomes that you want in your business. I love it. So, Chad, let's jump into our next question here, which is, um, you know, what question do you wish that all Amazon sellers would ask themselves before getting started? That could be getting started selling. That could be getting started selling a new product, or that could be um, before they get started doing price testing. A question I wish that they asked. So, I mean, ask me or ask themselves. Ask themselves is like hmm. put yourself into the frame of somebody who's getting ready to, um, you know, take on the task, right? Well, I mean, I think, <laughs> think about it. Um, 
Amazon, we're going through the stormiest period on Amazon right now. There's a shift of growth at all costs to growing sustainable profit profitability. So is PPC inflation really making it hard for you to grow your Amazon campaigns profitably? Yes or no? If it's a problem, we should talk, right? If you're, if you're copying your competitors' prices, we should talk, right? Because that's not a strategy. That's just guessing. <laughs> if you're saturating your market and you have the best reviews and you don't have a pricing strategy, we should talk. If you're wondering if you're leaving money on the table, uh, or if you're if you're wondering if your products are too cheap or too expensive, we should talk. And if you tried everything and things just aren't the way that it used to be on Amazon, I think we should be talking because like, again, we are helping you make more money and shaking what you've got. I love it. Shake what your mama gave you. So um, I don't know if you had a chance to read it yet, but Seth and I's latest book, Private Label Millionaire Secrets, we talk about not dynamic pricing, but we talk about from our experience, Chad, and, and our background of direct response marketing, the price was always an issue. And just because someone comes out of the box with a price that converts doesn't necessarily mean that's your sweet spot, right? So we, mm -hmm. we talk about a couple of case studies in the book where we were selling products like hearing amplifiers, which was the poor man's version of a hearing aid, and how we were able to quadruple the price and at the same time double the conversions because what we figured at the end of the day is no one wants a cheap hearing aid, right? So that being said, is there a couple of uh, case studies that you don't mind talking about? Yeah. I mean, so we just finished, so we're still early in this offer. So we just finished our first cohort of clients. We did a test and our clients are experiencing a 10 to 12% increase of profit lift on a monthly basis. That's like newfound money. They don't need to launch new products. And it really is about aligning what you're selling and the value you're selling at the right time of day. So you may have customers that convert higher or you have more impressions or sessions as Amazon would call it at specific times of the day. And we capitalize on those shifts and those changes of demand to make sure that you're aligning your product to value. You're not bloated pricing, right? We're essentially aligning to value. So our customers are experiencing a result right now, eight to 10% lift, and we're still early and the model gets smarter over time. So, I mean, I can go into like broad specifics, but in reality, it's the, the proof is in the pudding and the results speak for themselves. No change in BSR. And profits is what you're saying, eight to ten yep. percent lift. Yep, eight to ten percent lift in profit. And so, if you think about it, right? If you have depends. Let's just say you're doing a hundred thousand dollars in profit, and now we've increased your profit on an annual basis by ten percent. You apply an EBITDA multiple to that, and that actually has ripple effects on your enterprise value. Uh, and so, I think you have to think when you think about your profit, you have to think about the exit as well and your intentions of how you're trying to make money and what you're looking to do with your business. And we just see ourselves creating tremendous value for our clients. Well, not only that, Chad, but um, an Amazon business is a capital intensive business because you have to have the inventory. So mm. if you can increase profits by 10%, that changes the cash flow dynamics as well. And it changes how many times you can turn inventory and it changes, um, you know, cost of borrowing because you don't have to borrow as much. And so many things get better when profits increase. And that's why we spend a lot of time in that book talking about how to increase pro um, profits. And one of the factors definitely is price. And so, one of the things that I definitely wanted to touch on today, Chad, because you're a little different than the mo than the average e-commerce entrepreneur. Before you, are you do, Seth, before you do, we have to pause for a commercial break because we're about ready to do some fun stuff here. So give me just a second. Hey there, it's Sean Hart. If you found the information on the Post Purchase Podcast useful and impactful for your business, 
Do us a favor and your colleagues a favor. Share this, like us, and let others know how to find us on your social channels. We sure appreciate you. Now let's get back to the show. I love it. I love it. So, Chad, you are an open book uh, for the most part. You're you're sharing the real deal. You're sharing what's going on behind the scenes, and that's pretty rare. So can you tell us a little bit before we transition to the last part of our show, talk a little bit about some of the struggles that you've been experiencing and, and what you're doing to overcome those? So, uh, you got, you got two hours. Uh, so (laughs) I like every, everything's a struggle, right? And the question is how can you solution those struggles and have a better outcome? And that I, that I think separates like winners and losers in in, in a way, right? The, the, the book art of war talks about like, you can lose a battle, but you can still win the war and some battles are worth losing and also learning from those battles, right? Getting those reps in. So I think if you think about my e-commerce business as an example, um, we are very similar to many other companies right now in the Amazon space are struggling, right? We're going through a very stormy period. We're really trying to, to figure it out. Um, and I've been spending a lot of time improving processes in the business, improving listings, improving how we advertise, uh, and also leveraging data science in all the decision-making that we're, that we're building. So I think that's a, a big challenge and still is, you know, to be continued, so to speak, right? To be discussed. We have more more things that need to improve and more more positivity and more positive outcomes that we're trying to create for ourselves in the business. But that's an example, right? Whether it comes to supply chain inflation that we've experienced in the past year, I mean, we had a great uh, time during the pandemic. Uh, I'm saying that it was a terrible backdrop. I guess what I'm saying is that there's a shift of spend going to clicks versus Brits, and we were very well positioned to support <laughs> those clients as they. Uh, stop shopping and stop shopping like in the retails, the physical locations. Um, and so now we're coming out of that period and we're like, wait a minute, things are starting to normalize. Okay. How can we optimize this business? Because it's just getting harder and harder and harder on, on Amazon with more budgets and more spend and more inflation. So um, yeah, those are some like challenges I would say on the, on the e-commerce side of things that I'm working with right now. I'm happy to share personal stuff too, but that's the, that's the, <laughs> All right, Seth, um, before we talk about this very special offer that Chad's making for folks listening and watching the podcast, uh, let's let's get to our fun questions. Yeah, the very first fun question that we have for you, Chad, um, is what is your favorite business book? Well, I would say the most impactful book that I've read, which got me started on my journey, is The 4-Hour work, work Week uh, with Tim Ferriss opened up the whole world to me of being an entrepreneur. Uh, in terms of like a great book that's changed my life, uh, recently, Atomic Habits is a great one. <laughs> Another tactical book is called The Great CEO Within. Oh, that's uh, good. It's a fantastic tactical book. Let's keep it going. Okay, so next fun question. Um, and this is one of, this is probably my favorite because it's not very often that us entrepreneurs who are highly impactful find a book that we've never heard of yet. So uh, all of the books that you mentioned, Seth and I both have on our bookshelves, of course. So thanks for mentioning those. The four-hour work week really did change something for me as well because I was literally going through my first massive exit. I'd had a couple of small exits at the time. And this was 11 years ago when I had exposure to uh, Tim's work. And uh, I've been a fan ever since. So thanks for mentioning that. The four-hour work week, Atomic Habits. Um, So here's my favorite question. We're entrepreneurs. We're in this for the money. Like, obviously, we're not here to build 
a, a hobby. We're here to, here to build something valuable, right? And it's all about uh, what, what's in your pocket at the end of the day when you exit. So what is something that you purchased in the last 12 months that some may consider a splurge, but you, Chad, do not regret it? Ooh. All right. So uh, we're going deep here. I, uh, well, with the exit of Scubana, I, I didn't make a purchase for a while. And then I found out like what my, one of my missions or purposes in life is to elevate the human condition through sacred moments and experiences. And uh, I bought a yacht to enable that and to empower me to take people out and to have moments, uh, carefree moments together. I love boats. I'm a boat person myself. So uh, we've heard everything from ping pong tables to, uh, you know, dojos to uh, homemade. Um, what, what, did he, what did Don say has a, what's it called? The court where you throw the ball back and forth. Pickleball? What'd you say, Chad? Pick, pickleball? No, where they have like the net on the end of the stick. What's that called? Lacrosse. Lacrosse. Oh, lacrosse. <laughs> He's like, well, my number one splurge was that. So I love it. We're going to have to talk, uh, talk boats later. Seth, let, let's talk about for a minute, the special offer that Chad's making for listeners of the podcast. So if you're, if you're listening, then uh, Chad can spell out his link tree here. If you're watching, obviously uh, it's on the bottom of your screen. So talk about what you have for folks, Chad. Yeah. So I want to uh, open up the world to people and let them see the money that they're missing or the money that they're leaving on the table. And so for the listeners of your community, I wanted to offer a data science pricing optimization audit. So we can essentially ingest your data. We won't do anything with it. And we will actually show you how much money you're leaving on the table by not adjusting your price. And if anything else, right, you're going to get a lot of information around with just this audit of like how you'd make these small tweets to make more money in your business. So check out the link tree. I think it's below uh, data science pricing optimization audit, and we'll discover you newfound money they never had before. I, I love that, Chad, because um, everybody um, should realize that they probably haven't done very much price testing and how much money is out there on the table. Like the example Sean gave um, earlier from just one product line, when we did some price testing, we were actually forced to because of a stockout situation. Um, but Chad, our profits went up um, 10x. It was insane. And it was all because of just changing the price. So Guys, go get your free audit to see how much money you're leaving on the table. It's not going to cost you anything to see um, if what Chad is doing can help. I uh, super appreciate you, Chad, coming on today. Um, so as people um, are heading off to do the rest of their day, um, if they want to uh, reach out to you directly, um, I know you've given your email, but I don't know if you want to say that live for the listeners here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my personal email is chad at prophecy.com. Um, I'm also, you can also find me on LinkedIn. I'm posting a lot of thoughts on LinkedIn and on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Instagram, but you'll see mostly pictures of my family and my child on, on Instagram. Uh, but I look forward to connecting and I'm available to, to talk shop anytime you want. This has been amazing, Chad. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. Uh, don't go anywhere yet. I have something else for you. Let's just uh, show the, the post roll and then we'll move on. 